Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, and I'm Ken Napsok, and this is Star Wars Ranked, number 86 in the show's history, but something new, Star Wars Ranked, in focus, Infus Nest. That's right, we are going to be looking at five of the things I believe Infus Nest brings to the Star Wars story. 
She is, of course, from the movie Solo, A Star Wars Story, the 2018 film that is unfortunately sometimes maligned. But for the most part, we here at Force Center absolutely love the movie. Love what the movie not just brings to the Star Wars story, but brings to the connective themes and emotional canon of Star Wars. And Infusness is definitely a part of that, portrayed wonderfully by the great Aaron Kellyman. Infus Nest is the leader of the Cloud Riders, a group of marauders, or at least that's what we were presented. And then the story goes from there. Now, to be clear, she's not in the movie nearly as enough as uh, I think many of us would like her, but she's she's there. She's important, and that's what I'm going to be focusing on because in the amount of time we get with Infus Nest, which admittedly is not a ton. Infus Nest absolutely takes her place in the pantheon, I say, of great Star Wars characters. There is so much stuff on the surface, and this isn't even on my list of five things. But there's so much on the surface with the character of Infus Nest, and that's always important. I don't think it's frivolous to talk about a character's design, the action figure Quality, the color schemes, the weapons, the masks, the helmet, the capes, all the capes. And, of course, the vehicles, the look of the vehicles, the feel. Oh, yeah. Infus Ness has a lot going for her as a character in just that general Star Wars stuff. Her swoop bike sits proudly on my shelf. I'm staring at it right now. The imagery, the uh, weapons she's so uh, skilled uh, in battle with, it's, it's all there. It's all there. But you can easily get lost on the surface. I think it's important, but I think it's also important to realize sometimes we can stop there. There was probably a point in time during my first or second viewing where I had kind of stopped on the surface with the character of Infus Nest. I... Liked it. I love the music. John Powell's themes, the Cloud Riders' uh, music uh, plays when they arrive, both in the uh, uh, the, the train heist and then uh, on Vandor and then later on in Severine. I, I absolutely love it. It's great stuff. So I was there from the beginning, but I just remember there's so much going on in the movie. It does move fast, and you're trying to process it, and I, I hadn't focused on Infus Nest enough. I was like, all right, I get it. The swerve, uh, she's, uh, she's a woman, and maybe she was, uh, we th- th- thought she was a man. I get it. I wasn't sure who was she doing the stunts, who was doing the stunts. I got caught up in that stuff. And by the third viewing, third or fourth viewing, I don't keep track, you know, but by the third or fourth viewing, by my af- after my initial viewings, I got it. I clicked in. And also, I think that's important. One of the things Infus Nest might represent outside of the Star Wars story, the importance of taking the time and going back and revisiting and measuring the true weight of these characters. I definitely did it with Infus Nest. My appreciation and absolutely admiration and respect for the character, and definitely, again, Aaron Kellyman, who portrays Infus Nest, but the character grew when I had feelings about what I love this character. I love the moment. I love her unmasking and I'm going to write about it. And in the process of writing about it, 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 in my silly little book, why we love star Wars, 
I honestly got to tell you, I learn more about the character and sometimes don't feel that I wrote an essay about the character. But that Star Wars did, and I was just there to catch it. It flowed out once I connected to it. And that gets me excited. It gets me really pumped up, not about something I put out into the Star Wars galaxy. It's silly. But that it's there. And that's why sometimes I just don't shut up about some of these characters and moments and movies and shows. And Infosness is definitely one of them. Why do I keep talking about Admiral Raddus? Is it just because, ah, it's a cool Mon Calamari with a great quote and I was fortunate enough to, to meet his voice, Stephen Stanton? No. I cry when I talk about Admiratus. I get emotional. Make fun all you want. But it's such an important moment and I want you to hear about it. Such is the case with Infus Nest. That's why I want to talk about her today. So... Star Wars ranked in focus. We'll begin with Infus Nest. We'll work five to one. Now, like other episodes of Star Wars ranked, we have a list five to one. I don't necessarily want to place a true value on the list. It's just kind of five points, and we kind of work up towards bigger points. But I don't think any of these points stand on their own. They all need the others, because that's what makes these great characters. That's what makes them so important and well-rounded, even in the small moments we have them. I hope, and I'm sure I'll say it again, I really hope we get some more Infosness content. There's some little stories here and there. She appears in the uh, Beckett one-shot comic. You should check that out. Right now, the stories of Infosness continue in my head and heart. Luckily, I have this Black Series action figure to do so. I'm hopeful the character will appear in, a, say, a series like Cassie Andor or other Star Wars storytelling. I hope it's on the screen. I hope Aaron, Aaron Kellyman gets to come back, and I hope they, they uh, get to uh, really just kind of put that character back out there because it's so vibrant. It's so the design's so great. I just love it. But I'll take another comic. I'll take, take a book. I'll take something. Hopefully, at the end of this, if you're not sure about that yourself, maybe I can convince you to at least be open to it. So, Star Wars ranked in focus, in Fistness, the things I believe this character brings to the Star Wars story. We begin with number five, Weasel's Redemption Song. That's right. All are welcome. Starting the list about Infus Nest with another character? Yeah, I thought about, is that something I want to do? But yeah, it is. Let's go into this. Weasel is, of course, portrayed by Warwick Davis in The Phantom Menace. Warwick, and it's now a wonderful tradition that Warwick shows up in Star Wars projects. Right now, the movies. I, I hope he gets a Mandalorian season two or season three or beyond appearance. That's just me. But it's a wonderful tradition and so many great characters from Wicket all the way to Weasel. Weasel's a cameo in The Phantom Menace. One of Watu's friends, someone who worked for the Huts on Mas Espa, petty theft, a low-level criminal, someone there just to kind of cackle along with Watu. Then it's revealed in Solo and kind of frank, quite frankly, after Solo. And I don't think it necessarily needed to be stated in the movie. That's that 
canon checklist stuff that can maybe water down a story. But Warwick Davis is there. The character's unmasked. And then we do learn, hey, no, that is the same character. It's Weasel from The Phantom Menace. So how does this relate to Infus Nest and what Infus Nest brings? Weasel was just that, a, a petty theft, a criminal. Something happened. We don't quite know, but something happened. He was tied into the huts on Moss Espa, part of these crime syndicates, and that fuels into some of the things that are at play in Solo, particularly with Crimson Dawn. It's the underworld. And Warwick Davis has described Weasel saying, hey, it's, it, it, it's something happened, something changed, and now he's part of something. He's part of a cause. He's part of something bigger. Something made him do that. And, and I think that's great. He's part of the Cloud Riders. Now, we learn the Cloud Riders are not pirates. They're not marauders. That's a theme that keeps coming back up. Might discuss it here a few times, but they are, of course, an early form of the rebellion, an early form of a rebellion. They're a rebellion with great purpose. And there's some more details to that. There's some bigger things we'll discuss, but I love, and in watching Solo again this week, in in watching it closely and studying and looking for the things of what does Infus Nets bring to the story, I thought of Weasel. Because to me, there's a lot of characters, uh, creatures, uh, humanoids. There's a bunch of different kind of denizens of the galaxy in the Cloud Riders. Again, we'll talk about it. And they all have got, they've all got something to do with these crime syndicates crushing them, crushing their cultures, the Empire's involvement in that. But here's Weasel, and all we know is Weasel was a petty theft, a low-level criminal, a ne'er-do-well. Other things might have happened. We don't know everything he did, but now he's here. What I love about that is that that means for Weasel, he had to make this choice. It wasn't necessarily that he had lived a noble existence and the Empire destroyed it or he was a victim of the crime syndicates which a lot of the other Cloud Riders seem to be. He was, he was part of it. He was part of the thing that was destroying many members of the Cloud Riders, including Infus Nest. But he's here now. So you're part of the cause because you want to be, which factor in again as well. And I think it's important to highlight that Infus Nest took in a criminal with a change of heart. It's someone from a different walk that, like I said, literally may have done something to her or those like her, for sure. Is that part of the change? Is Weasel a low-level criminal, a petty theft working, uh, a petty thief working around... Moss Espa doing some things and he gets into something bigger. Does he escalate? Does he grow? Does he grow in power in the huts? Does he move to other organizations? And does he does some does he do something horrible? And again, is it direct? It is a good chance. I'm not necessarily it was it was something that Weasel did to those in the Cloud Riders, but maybe their family, their friends, their culture, their planet, their people. There's something there. Maybe that could be it. We, get, we don't know that answer. It's tip of the iceberg storytelling we're going to get. But for me, for Infus Nest to see someone from a different walk 
like I said, may have done something to her or definitely those like her, to take him in, to allow him that kind of redemption song, that redemption path, and to trust him in that. And at some point, now he's a lieutenant. He's listed, if you, if you read the character of Weasel, he is a trusted lieutenant of Infus Nest and the Cloud Riders. To get to that point, well, we're at the end of the journey and we can accept it, but to get to that point, there had to be some point where Infus Nest didn't trust him. Infus Nest, or maybe her mother, to be fair, didn't trust him. We don't own the whole story. But he earned it. And they allowed him to earn it. Infus Nest and her cloud riders want your heart, not your past. And for me, when we're talking about what that brings to the Star Wars story, that wisdom that Infus Nest has as a leader, because Weasel's probably not the only one and probably won't be the last. What that says about Infus Nest. And what that, to me, can be tied to in the Star Wars story is that, that this leads to how the full-blown rebellion will operate. We learned this more in Rogue One. We learned this the deeper you dig into the Star Wars story. Separatists, Republic leaders, even, dare we say, scoundrels and smugglers would later be welcome in the fight. To me, Infus Ness knew the power and purpose of redemption. She knew the value, and she knew what was in his heart. And it wasn't about what was there before. It was about what was there now. It's a powerful reminder of our own changes and growths, maturations in life, and our own, our own paths, what we can accomplish when we want to change, change things around us, change us. But as much as we want to change or make change or be part of change, sometimes you need someone else to trust you. Particularly if you had been acting a different way or part of something different. At some point, that leap has to be made. And Infus Nest made it. You know, the off chance that we learned in later storytelling that her mother made it first, Infus Nest continued it. And Infus Ness understood it, the power of redemption. So it's Weasel's redemption song, but it's part of Infus Ness's legacy in this story. Number four, it's about unveiling the truth, the unmasking. I love that moment. That's specifically the moment I wrote about, and it's very powerful to me. It's about no longer hiding, no longer feeling the need to be something else. And even though that something else had value or a purpose or a reason, when Infus Nest takes off her mask, it is an honest call for help. There's a lot of reasons, again, that she takes the mask. We're going to come back to that, too. I'm sorry for doing a lot of put a pin in it, pin in it things, but it's part of what we got here. That's why it's all wrapped up. And not necessarily one point is value over the other. The mask has legacy. There's great purpose to it because Infus Nest is a woman. She's young. She has a very innocent face, right? Freckled and uh, uh, 
big inviting eyes and you might if you're in that world if you're Beckett Tobias Beckett no fault at Tobias Beckett at all you know we're not putting him to the fire just might be a part of a culture that came before but you're going to look at Infus Nets without her mask and you're going to overlook her you're going to underestimate her it's going to be part of why she keeps the mask on not just about hiding the voice and hiding the purpose and hiding her identity for the empire and the criminal syndicates, which, oh, by the way, is part of the great value and part of the importance of her taking off the mask. Hiding something she probably needed to do for her safety, but also needed to do for her uh, reputation, for the way she's treated. Again, a lot of, lot of reasons. But of course she's got to take the mask off. And in this moment, it works. I re I remember when she first takes the mask off. The first time I saw it, it was like, oh, you got you kind of saw it was coming. By by now, you're all right. You're figuring something out. You know, there was that weird marketing saf, uh, snafu where I think some some trading cards in like France or something like that. Um, uh, I don't mean to accuse the French. If it wasn't them, I apologize. But it was it was. I just remember it slightly. Uh, uh, that they released like a trading card and uh, it said it said her on the back. But then all the other marketing, including the Denny's diner trading cards, ooh, collect them all, uh, said him, he. So it was like, was it a big snafu? Was it a leak? Was it a mess up? So that's in your head. So she takes the mask off the first time. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. It's like a, a girl, a look like a younger girl. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't see the full scope of the moment that came a little bit later for me. Again, which is okay. I'm not holding myself to the flames there. That's how you see a movie. It's why you should see these movies a few times. If you got to race out of a theater and give your three out of five rating on Twitter, God bless you. Sometimes it's part of the job you may have. But there's great value in going back. Once she is unmasked, this is what I really feel is important. And what I love about the character and love about the way it's played. When she finally takes it off, what she's saying to me is, is kind of enough. I've been going around doing this. There's big things at stake. The coaxium, as she explains, I think it's, it's yes, it's, it's a MacGuffin in terms of just a screenwriting plot device, but it represents more. Joseph and I and Jennifer have talked about that on Force Center. The coaxium, as she says, represents something new, fresh, start of something big. It's life. It's sold to you, the coaxium, Beckett is, is, is getting it for a job. He's getting it for money, a score, a hit to pay his debts. It's something, it's just part of his daily existence and he doesn't really care. We're going to steal some dangerous fuel from the Empire. And Crimson Dawn will fuel it and, and, or they'll sell it or whatever. I don't care. Pay me my credits. Give me a drink and I'm out of here. Han Solo comes along. The heist on Vandor is to teach him the lessons of loss and the cost of this world he wants to live in and be in and be a part of and play around in and build up a character in. That's the purpose of the heist. Some of the details I know people aren't happy with. I get it. 
I would have loved hours and hours of Val content, but they chose to do this heist to be costly. It's Han Solo's story after all, and that's why it's important to him. It's inherent. I get it. But for Han, that loss, it does show him, gosh, Val's dead, Rio's dead. They in, in the script in the novel they lose uh, the the heavy gunner uh, guy. Gosh, I forget his name right now, but uh, they lose him. That's actually kind of the reason they need Chewie, right? So he does it though for the score, the hit, the coaxium, and then when they can't uh, turn it in and collect their bounty, and in fact they probably might be killed. Let's just get another score. It's a big fancy way to get another one. But hey, these damn cloud riders, they're coming around, these stupid marauders. They're careless, pointless. They don't care. Beckett's starting to say that. That's finally what causes Infus Ness to take her mask off. And when she takes it off, she does something very important. She gets a drink. She doesn't take it off and say, she could, by the way. She doesn't wag a finger. She doesn't get angry. She's not got a clench. She doesn't have a clenched fist. She doesn't have any of that. She could. And any other point in time of, of her story, she might. But in this moment, after going toe-to-toe with Beckett, not just in, in this movie, but in the story, the Beckett one-shot comic, she's there. It's, 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 it's a rival. That's why they're concerned. That's why Dryden Voss is concerned. It's competition to them. They don't get it. They don't see it. And that's why they're upset. That's why Beckett says what he says from his point of view is true. Ah, they're just marauders. They're pirates. They don't care about anything. Boom. Emphis Ness has had enough. And she's tired. In that moment, Emphis Nest is tired. She takes off her mask, unveiling herself. Because she's tired of doing this alone. Yes, she's got the marauders. She's got the cloud riders, right? But she's tired of doing this alone and has to go outside of that group. She'll keep doing that if she has to. But to me, this is a deep, raw moment. And yeah, it's played for a little humor. Mask off. I need a drink. It's human. Or at least human in our context, right? Star Wars, they're humans, humanoids. You know, she could be an Abdibnetto. She could be a Yoda. It doesn't matter to me. But to us, it's a very human moment. It's a very us what she's saying is a lot of great things are solved over drinks, right? Whether you drink alcohol or not, going out, getting a coffee, let's get an iced tea, get a cranberry juice, doesn't matter. Let's just have this moment. We're not going to fight. I'm not going to wag my finger at you. I'm not going to put my weapon to your throat. You take my mask off, show you who I am. We're going to get a drink because I'm exhausted and I want you either to help me or at least realize why I'm doing this. This is who I am, Infosness is saying, and I need you to know the truth of who I am. The rebellion itself eventually does that. The rebellion takes off its own collective mask and proudly, fiercely proclaims, this is us. This is Admiratus of the Rebel Alliance. If the Rebel Alliance had the time, they probably would have taken a drink. Probably needed one. 
But I love this moment. It is unveiling the truth. Infus Ness is no longer hiding. And there's some importance to that, some significance to that, especially in a bit. But in this moment, it's, it's my favorite thing. And she wants to have a drink. It's honest and raw and real. The next thing on the list for me that Infus Ness brings, jumping ahead a little bit in the movie and connecting a little bit to the weasel story, she knows when it's your time to fight, it's your time. And it's the power of choosing your destiny. She needs this help, and she gets this help. She gets this help in this moment, this coaxium, this MacGuffin. She gets it. And at the end, Alden Ehrenreich, who's so damn good. And Jonas Swadabo is great as chewy as well. Let's not forget that. This little battle is over. She's got the coaxium. We know from the novel she uh, will head on to uh, meet up with Saw Guerrera and a very young, about 11-year-old Jin Erso and have a great moment. You know, and if you haven't really read that moment, if you haven't read the solo novelization by Mer Lafferty, please do. Please do. Give it a try on Audible. Audibletrial.com slash center. That's my ad for you if you haven't listened. It's a great little moment at the end. Saw, Enfys, Jin, and the moment between Enfys and a young Jin about they'll underestimate you because of your age and your size and your gender. They can pay for it. And just before Enfys Ness goes to meet with Saw Guerrero, who is, despite his tactics, part of a good cause. A lot of experience, and despite some of the things he's done, I'll say Saw's a good guy. But 11-year-old Jin looks at Sinfus Ness and says, he's going to underestimate you. It's a great moment. Hot damn, I probably spoiled it for some of you. Go check it out. Anyways, it's, it's a big moment. It's a big victory. There's more to come. It's a big victory. She looks across at Han offers him a chance to join, says we could use a good fighter, a good leader. And we know the story. And we're watching Solo, a Star Wars story, because it's young Han Solo's story, and we're seeing it through those eyes. Again, it is his story. A lot of these characters are there to serve his story. Hopefully we get some other stories that serve their story, but it's Han's story, okay? And so I think this is an underrated moment because, particularly if you're watching this movie with a little bit of a cynical bent, uh, you know, all right, 10 years from now, Han's going to kind of join the fight. And eventually, uh, in Return of the Jedi, he'll officially take rank in the Rebellion when a little forgotten facts or things overlooked in Han's career and life. He doesn't actually join the Rebellion until the Return of the Jedi briefing room scene. He's Captain Solo because he's the captain of the Millennium Falcon, and he's trying to leave. That's Han's journey. But I think it's very underrated because, again, it might be viewed as a little bit of, oh, is this a wink and a nod? We know what Han's going to do. But, man, the journey of Han's important. And the journey of Han is his journey and his time. And just like Infus Ness and the Cloud Riders will welcome in Weasel, who was a member, no matter how big... Or, or little his position in the crime syndicates was, Weasel was part of it. 
going to take him in because we know where his heart is. Again, the Cloud Riders and Infus Nest want your heart, not your past. Boom. She wants Han's heart right now, but she knows she doesn't have it. And that's important. Infus Nest has the wisdom to know that all the value Han could bring is meaningless if he doesn't want to be there. That's more signs of leadership. Just like it's leadership to welcome in Weasel, it's leadership to let him go. And on a very personal moment, now it's Han and Infus, not Han Solo, the newly christened by himself, trying to live up to this image he's trying to create, this life he's trying to lead. Not Infus Nest, the leader of these marauders, these cloud riders, these burgeoning rebels. No, it's, it's Han and Infus to me in this moment. And she just understands the power of choice. And that power of choice is important for Han because it will make his journey more powerful later for him and for us, the audience. And I could go down that road on why it's so powerful and it's misunderstood, but that's Han. This is Infist. She again understands the power of choice. And that idea is intrinsic to Star Wars. Destiny. And Joseph and I have just been... Talking about this so much, you're probably bored with it, but destiny is what takes you to a big choice. You still have to make that choice. It's how we view it. It's how we view it. Yeah, destiny and the chosen one, what you have to do and what might be predetermined, those are all great questions and all fun parts of these. I love, as you know, when prophecies are misread or misinterpreted or seen in different ways and both sides or views might be right. I love all that stuff in these kind of modern myths and fairy tales. But I love the personal moment here. Han wasn't there yet. It is in his heart and Infus Nest knows it. She's a little frustrated. She'd love if he would join, but when he says, nah, you know, he's slightly disparaging. It's Han, he says, ah, kid, but you know. A little disparaging. She, she doesn't let it get to her. She's kind of sighs and says, well, maybe you feel differently some other time. She hopes he goes that way, but I feel she knows he'll go that way. And the reason I feel it is actually tied to Kira. When she makes her big revelation in Nest, and Han and Beckett go off and talk about it, Beckett probably stomps off and Han goes to follow and they hatch a plan. It's not that they're the ones that need to hatch the plan. They're doing it, right? It's their kind of mission. Kira's got everything riding on it. But I think it's telling. I think it's important. But it's Kira who lingers behind. And if it's Nest, again, in a very quiet, very human moment, she's not stamping around, she's not swinging her weapon, she doesn't put the mask back on and say, help me or I will fight. She waits and asks, what do you think they're talking about? And it's Kira who says, I think he's going to help you. And it's about Han, of course. Kira knows it. Kira knew it years ago when there were scum rats. Scrum rats? Scum rats? I forget which one it is. Rats. Kira knew it then, not because of Han's big heroic actions, but how she was able to see the person she knew she was reflected back at her from Han. It's one of their moments that they experience when they're a lot younger. 
It's covered in the book Most Wanted. Han's a good guy. Kira talks about that in Solo. She knew it. She knew it not for his blaster work, not for his dashing good looks and roguish mentality and flinging himself all about for the name of being a hero. No, 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 no. She knows it. She knows Han is good because of the way she treats him. And it's unlike the way she's been treated by other people in that world growing up on Corellia. So when Kira says it, Emphis Nest hears it in a way that she would no other character would hear it from Kira. Not even Han hears it the right way from Kira in this moment. So Emphis Nest knows it. She believes it. So I think at the end of the movie when she... It's frustrated, but hopes his heart will change some way down the line, somewhere down the line. It's real. It's powerful, and it allows for Han to grow, but it also allows for her movement in that moment to be stronger because Han's not really a part of it. And like I said, everything he might bring to the table would then be meaningless. He's just kind of walking through the motions. We're not sure if he even wants to be there. When you're ready, you're ready. And Fisness knows that. Plus, what I love about that moment in my head canon, Chewie, the best friend of the galaxy, is there. I think he's about helping people. He's definitely seen what the Empire and these crime syndicates can do very much up close, obviously. But he's got a little bit of a life debt to Han. We don't get that fully explained yet. Maybe it's explained to later. Maybe they have that conversation later. But I definitely think, speaking of conversations later, that I think that when Han takes his money on Alderaan and says, I know what I'm doing, they get in the Falcon and fly off. I think, in my mind, Chewbacca's not just sitting there silently. I think he says, remember what happened on Savarine. Remember Infus Nest. Remember the Cloud Riders. We had a chance to join then. You had a chance to join then, Han. You weren't ready. We weren't ready. We went away. We had a lifetime of adventures, a lot of crazy stuff, but we're here now, and they need us. You're going to walk away this time. It's something Han's going to fight with his whole life, and Chewie's always there to kind of get in his ear. But I think, I think, headcanon-wise, Han returns in A New Hope in part because he didn't stick around for Infus Nest. Number two, the number two thing that I think Infus Nest brings to the Star Wars story is the power of motherhood and the great purpose of legacy. Infus Nest had her childhood shattered. We don't know a ton of her story. We really don't. And we talk about the tip of the iceberg storytelling here. And we can always be hopeful that we'll get more. She was born 27 years before the Battle of Yavin. So about three years, doing my math, after the Phantom Menace. And that's about all we know. We know she comes from a culture that has a little bit more of a matriarchal bent. And uh, her mother, unfortunately passes away, and the battle helmet is passed down to her. And this, uh, you know, I'm not saying Infus Nest had uh, the best childhood at this point. I'm sure it was topsy-turvy, to say the least. But 
whatever innocence, whatever naivete, whatever youth she had left was taken away from her in that moment, and she had no choice at that point, just in terms of legacy. Yeah, I'm talking about choice, about rebellion and movements and all that, but there was a legacy there, and her mother passed, and that was where destiny brought her to, and she, she made the choice to take the helmet, to take the mask and put it on and lead from there. We know that mothers are very important in Star Wars. Without a doubt, they're featured. They're featured a lot. We don't get a lot with them often, as is in a lot of storytelling. Unfortunately, going back to, you know, the dawn of time, but especially Bambi, the death of the mother is often a reason for a character to go on or do something. And again, I think it's, it's, it's very effective. I think it's powerful with Anakin. I understand uh, its purpose uh, with Jin, that Lyra Urso is worth way more than that cameo in Rogue One, and I'm, f- I'm fine with it. I- I- Catalyst is a great book, and I suggest you read it. Uh, and so on and so on. Padme too. That's why it's so powerful that Leia gets to kind of be around, and, and, and I'm including episode nine of that, and, and be a mother, not just to Kylo Ren, and not just to the Rebellion, but on a smaller individual le- level with a lot of other characters. One of, uh, to me, one of the most subtle, powerful images is in Nest with what we believe is her daughter. Or at least a next generation, right? It's powerful to me. It's the power of motherhood. That's not often focused on in Star Wars. And it is another another form of legacy, which is big in Star Wars. I love my Skywalker saga. I love all of that. Love the Skywalker legacy. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the inspiring. But here, here it is on a, a, a smaller level in this one great shot. It, it, it was not lost on me. That uh, Even early, man, uh, when she talks about, hey, I got this mask, you know, a mother who, who wore it before me, I'm paraphrasing, but then you see that shot of, of her and the, and the other young girl. And I wish we could live a, a little bit more in it, but it's also, it's also another reason why Emphis Ness is fighting. Another reason why she, again, has to wear the mask. It's this great tradition is all we know. We don't know much about it. I don't know when it began, but I do believe it is in my heart, until corrected otherwise by a new form of uh, a Star Wars story about around Infant's Nest. I, I take it. I absolutely take it because of that shot of Infant's Nest and what I believe is her daughter there. Um, I believe it's it's mother to mother to mother. I, I think in my heart that's how it works there. And it's just really cool, man. And I want to know more about that. And again, to the point of uh, the bigger point here with the mask, at some point, wherever it began, it probably wasn't just about being a fierce warrior and a fierce leader. I am, I am space woman, hear me roar. No, no, no. It was probably also because they needed it. Because again, without this mask, we know you're not going to be taken seriously. You're going to be underestimated for all these reasons so you know what fine we'll play the game we'll have this tradition we'll have this mask and we'll cut them down along the way and i love it 
It's also why it's, again, important when the mask comes off. That's why it has great purpose. So anyways, I love it. I love that about Infus Nest. I can't wait to learn more about it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The final thing. The final thing that Infos Nest brings to the Star Wars story is the best example. Great um, expanding of this story of rebellion that we know. It just is about the fact that the rebellion was from the people. I definitely wrote about this a lot. It comes up a time and time and time and time again because I think because I'm a 80s child, uh, 
Born in 76, raised in the 80s, so the original trilogy is not just like my Star Wars in that old kind of possessive way, but what I grew up with and what how my view of Star Wars has affected it. And we grew up, you know, the deep themes are there, but when you're a kid and you're out there on the playground, it is the rebellion versus the empire, and the rebellion was one army and the empire was the other army, and it was a big fight, and isn't that cool? There's laser swords and X-wings and TIE fighters and Y-wings and yippee-skippy, right? That's what it is. In modern Star Wars canon, the fact that they've really done this wonderful dive into what the Rebellion was. Now, again, it's there in the Return of the Jedi novelization. It's there in all the novelizations, New Hope Empire. But the Jedi one, read the description. I did on an episode of Spotlight Star Wars a long time ago, but read uh, the description of Mon Mothma. You read it and you're like, oh, this is like a, this is like the pitch for Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. It's all here with Mon Mothma. Lucas had that in play. It just wasn't focused on it. And even then, I, even though I read that book at eight or nine, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, Mon Mothma, great. I, I have that figure. I'm not catching up on the fact that it's literally describing the Mon Mothma rose at the leader as a leader because the rebellion needed it when it finally kind of coalesced into one unit and there's different cells that couldn't know each other from... Uh, to, to keep their identity safe. It's, it's all kind of there. It's pretty impressive when you really look down. You're like, ah, there you go. He teased Lucas that sometimes his plans were very much written in pencil or uh, not written at all, but that one was there. And that's why I love with things like Rogue One, uh, the book uh, Rebel Rising. I also I'll suggest you read that. Um, the uh, excellent series Star Wars Rebels which really goes into this and some of the books around that too. Even, even a new dawn, which I, I I'm, I'm prepared to give my, a, a new read. I, I didn't uh, take to new dawn in 2014, which seems like another lifetime ago. And again, that's why I might revisit it, but it's all there. I do like a lot of stuff in there. It also gives us Ray Sloan, another great character. It's the drunk cowboy Jedi, Canon Jarrus and Harris early when they meet. That's great. But new star Wars canon has focused on, what the rebellion really was. So when we see it in a new hope, it is a military. It's just had their, it's first big victory, but it's a strike. It's a military operation. They got ships, they got uniforms, they got all of it. Right. But it wasn't that rogue one dives into that. The different ideologies saw Guerrero's one, but also, what Cassian Andor is asked to do comes from another way of thinking about rebellion. It's, it's all different. And even Admiral Raddus, my wonderful favorite Admiral Raddus, his thing, my, my ideology is it's time to fight. It's all different. It's all different. And Bail Organ is still there trying to, you know, unfortunately in his final days, work his, uh, work his magic on the, on the political side. It's all there. But it grew out of this. The people, something that goes all the way to Rise of Skywalker, as we've talked about, as, as Joseph has said more eloquent than me, Rise of Skywalker completes the Star Wars story, the rebellion side, because it is a complete victory. It is not a military victory. It is clearly, as stated by that uh, Sith, uh, 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 Sith uh, uh, eternal officer, Final order officer. It's not a it's not a navy, sir. It's people. 
that fulfills this idea that the, the, the you know that Leia finally led uh, and inspired, and and the other people picked up the mantle to to complete the victory as as a people, and that kind of it's really. I mean, it's begun in 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 between Sith and New Hope, but you go to Solo, and it's really laid out there through the eyes of Infus Nest. This is why I call her the the new face of the rebellion. Affected lands and industries and cultures, they're all there. When everyone unmasks, including the Mimbanese, uh, you got uh, two tubes there, they're all there. And they're not there because it's time for a fight and I want a uniform. I'm joining an army and this is a war in, a, in that kind of sense. They're not there yet. They are um, an example of what the rule of the empire actually did. What led to the war? It was this, this destruction. Solo's this great whiz-bang adventure movie. It's a serial adventure. It's got the heart of a new hope in it all over it, all right? Um, I always say I get, I actually get, while my solo maybe wasn't received as well initially. Box office stuff, that might have been a different uh, conversation. We're looking at you, Uncle Bob. But I get it. Solo was this movie that definitely seemed smaller. There was no big, giant, ticking clock. No Death Star, no supremacy, no lightsaber fight. The fate of the galaxy didn't seem to be at risk. It was. Or at least it, like, is at risk. This is showing why you, I guess, have to take the risk later on. So I get it. It plays smaller. But what a small story, right? Solo was a crazy, wild adventure. It's also a small, intimate story of what the oppression of the Empire actually is. That's a quaint campfire story, if there is one, right? It's all about this. What led to the war? This with the revealing on Savarine, all the destruction. The Empire was the enemy of the film. Who was the antagonist? Yeah, Dryden Voss. For a second, it seems to be in Fist Nest. Yeah, Maul's at the end of it. Yeah, no. The antagonist was the Empire. All through the film. And to me, it's even made more powerful by the fact that they are not necessarily present. That's how bad it was. Han Solo's conversation about his father, it's important to him, but it's also important to, yeah, we used to have some sort of relationship, some sort of family unit was in place, but he worked the line of, of, of the factory building these ships that we're on right now. The Empire ruined that. So I lost him. Something happened with with his mother. He's gone. He's alone. He's trying to survive on the streets. How can he survive on the streets? By getting involved with a low-level crime group. He's now a white worm serving Lady Proxima. But really, they answer the other crime syndicates, and those crime syndicates are running rampant. They're basically ruling parts of the galaxy, working hand-in-hand -hand with the Empire, Sometimes, but most of the time, the Empire's just turning a blind eye. They don't need it. They need resources. They need 
They need the people's backs to be broken so the empire can keep building. And yeah, some of the stormtroopers and pilots, the cargo pilots, they don't know. People will eventually be stationed on the Death Star and not know that Alderaan was blown up. We've read those stories, but that does not lessen or lighten what the Empire was doing, what Palpatine was doing, what Tarkin was doing. It's not just about the big Sith side. That's definitely part of it, the great evil. It's about things like the Tarkin Initiative, the Tarkin Town stuff you see in, in Rebels. It's all right here. When Infus Ness unmasks and the Cloud Riders do too, it's staring back at all of us. They were all affected. And it wasn't necessarily a stormtrooper kicking him in the face. It was Crimson Dawn. And who could they turn to? The Empire wasn't going to do nothing about the syndicates. It's the Empire, the Empire as a whole is the antagonist in this film because they've allowed all of this to happen. And everyone in this movie, including Kira, who has to survive, who has to kill and, and, and get uh, part of an organization. And yeah, she she's good at it. Most Wanted explains a little bit why she might even kind of like it or feel she likes it. There's a part there that she likes. But she's just there to survive. She's just there to keep going. She feels she has to serve somebody. It's part of her story. Why well, we want more Kira storytelling. We want her to see, see her eventually move out from that and experience some sort of uh, true freedom, even if it's just emotional. But that's part of the effect, too. It's all there. The Empire's in the film. Han goes and serves the Empire, right? He joins. We know why. He's not on board. We see it. All of it is an example. And there it is staring back at us, the fans of Star Wars for generations and generations. That is the rebellion. And Infus Nest is the face of it. And later the cells would connect. Leaders and organization would emerge. And the first big blow would be struck. But again, Infus Nest was the new face of the rebellion. And at this moment, the face of the rebellion was in a hardened former soldier. It wasn't an esteemed senator on the run. It was a 16-year-old woman fighting for her right to get the life she wants. Not a life of war and crime and marauding. She wants peace. That's why she pulls the helmet off. I don't want this helmet to be on, but I'll take it off so that maybe I never have to put it on again in terms of fighting with it and in it. There's also, it's, it's part strategy, right? Uh, all the marauders take their masks off and then they, they put them on the Savarine uh, um, uh, citizens, the Savarine people there, and, and, and it's a good old uh, trickeroo on uh, Dryden Voss and his, his, his army. Um, the Three Amigos ending, right? Hey, we're all marauders at this point. And it is that. It's that. But I think it's very significant that the last fight here in this movie, those marauders, those cloud riders, were all without their masks. The rebellion, 10 years from now, would finally be able to take off their masks. 
and basically say to the galaxy, because remember, there were other systems and, 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 and people and leaders not on board with the rebellion. Noah Jabel, right? Oh, there's no Death Star. That's, that's, that's a, lot, a lot what is going on with Rogue One. So finally, in Rogue One, definitely by New Hope, a few days later, and in truth, when probably Mon Mothma gives her big speech in Rebels, that's the rebellion taking their mask off. We're going to let you see who we really are. And that comes not just from Infus Nest. There's probably many others along the way, stories even yet to be told. But for this film and for the story of Star Wars, it is Infus Nest taking off her mask and saying, I don't want to fight anymore. We're going to do it. And it's from the people. The rebellion was from the people. This is an excerpt from a poem that is written on the mask of Infus Nest. It reads, Until we reach the last edge, the last opening, the last star, and can go no higher. Infus Nest is going to keep reaching. She's going to get that edge. Hopefully, we'll get that story. Be right back after this. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, Force Center fans, don't forget, Force Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Force Center on YouTube. Check it out. Here to Star Wars Rank. Just a couple minutes left in the show. Thank you so much for listening to the first Star Wars Ranked in focus on Infus Nest. More characters on the way. But Star Wars Rank will, of course, always be uh, fueled by guests, their top five lists, my top fives, honorable mentions, all those fun things. Every once in a while, I love trying 
something new here. Uh, we did those uh, pick your crew ranks uh, a while ago. Uh, those might be fun to come come back to as well. Uh, but had a lot of fun doing this. Uh, thank you for listening. Always uh, uh, on Force Center, but especially right now during this tough time, we realize hearing uh, silly little Star Wars conversations might uh, be beneficial. Uh, we uh, also thank you all for uh, uh, understanding uh, that we weren't uh, uh, during this week uh, broadcasting too much our episodes, just kind of letting them be there for those that need to hear them or want to hear them right now, but letting uh, everyone else's focus be on uh, the bigger issues in the world right now uh, going on. Uh, everything going on, as you know, go back and listen to our main show this week for uh, the conversation we had about that open, honest, and raw about Star Wars and the real world i will read this uh my, my final thought here on infus nest all right this this is weird i wrote this all right i i try not to uh i don't know that just seems weird but like i said i really do mean it of all the things i wrote in why we love star wars this is the one that just flowed out of me in a way that i could not explain and like i said help me appreciate the character of, of infus nest more um in a way that i didn't understand when i started typing it if that makes sense. So I want to, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, there's an audio book available, but uh, it's in about that. I, I just really wanted to read this because to me, it, it, it sums up uh, why I love Infus Nest here. I'll read the final thing here. If your movement is to grow, it needs to reach everyone's ear. It needs to spread throughout the galaxy. You need them all to see who you really are. They need to look into the eyes of the one fighting. You are not a grizzled bounty hunter wrecking mindless havoc. You are not a world-weary treasure hunter competing for the same prize. You are not pirates with no loyalty. You are a young woman, bright-eyed and freckled, overlooked and underestimated. You are part of a new generation that looked out across the galaxy and saw the failings of all those who came before you, claiming to protect you but only wanting power. You are part of a new generation that saw the dead and dying around you. You are part of a new generation that has gathered together, each with scars from what has been done to you, and you are shouting, no more. Of course you take off your mask. You are Infusness, the new face of the rebellion, and the war has just begun. Thank you all for listening this week and every week. We really appreciate you here at the Four Center community. If you want to reach out, com comment on this episode, add more things to the Infus Nest conversation, maybe even let me know about a character you want to see in focus here in Star Wars Rank. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Rank. We're on Instagram, YouTube, with our in memoriams and our Star Wars show and tell series and other special things there already and on the way. Uh, we are also uh, on Facebook. You can like us there. If you want to support, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash force center. And because of your support there, you make things happen for the business. This new Star Wars ranked music, the intro and outro are by the great Tony Thaxton. And that is made possible by all of you. We do have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center as well. If you want to represent force center in the real world. But more than anything, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your listens. We appreciate you sharing episodes and spreading the word. That means a lot to us. It's a crazy, 
wild world that's in pain and uh, there's a lot of suffering and chaos no matter where you look. And that's why sometimes just clinging on to something as simple and at times silly but always meaningful and important as Star Wars is close to our hearts. We'll see you next time. Star Wars has been ranked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.